Hello and welcome to the Enjoyably Futile podcast, the sister show to the University Challenge Claxon game over on Twitter. Cue the theme tune. Hello, my name's John and I play the trumpet. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Enjoyably Futile podcast. As always, for those of you who have never listened to this podcast before and are joining me for the first time, even though this is episode 13, where have you been, first of all? Um, But if you don't know what's going on, the Enjoyably Futile podcast is the sister show to the University Challenge Claxon game, which we play over on Twitter on a Monday night when University Challenge is on. The idea is really simple. We have a go at predicting some of the answers that we think are going to show up in the program. And that's about it, to be honest with you. Um, Some people are very lucky. They play the game once and they win one of my coveted badges, which I send out to them. There are some people who've been playing for the best part of 18 months and have never won anything. I do feel sorry for those people, but it's nice to see the same people coming back week after week and joining, uh, joining in the fun. Now, this episode, episode 13, um, is called a robust cancellation policy, and I'll explain why that is a little bit later on. Um, But for now, let's have a little chat about the last couple of episodes of University Challenge. So this is looking at episode 11 and episode 12, which we've had in the last couple of weeks. Uh, We'll start with episode 11. Episode 11 was between the Royal Academy of Music, whose captain was Lavelle, and St. John's Cambridge, whose captain was Musgrove. Um, truth be told, the Royal Academy of Music really didn't get going at all. They ended up with 50 points, which was very close to being the lowest score. Um, apart from apart from Wolfson Cambridge last week in episode 10, who scored 40 points, Royal Academy Royal Academy of Music managed to beat them by just 10 points. Um, St John's put on a decent score of 220 which is actually 10 more than the Open University and Merton Colleges, who both had uh, 210. And regular listeners to the podcast will know that I really backed the Open University, uh, the Open University and Birkbeck. So putting on a couple of extra points on them puts them in good stead for being a really strong team. Um, You may have heard in the opening little bit of music, one of my favourite little moments from that episode was uh, Vernon, when he introduced himself, he said, hi, my name's John, um, told us where he's from, and then he just simply said, I play the trumpet. Now, if there's anything more amusing than going on University Challenge and just telling us that you play the trumpet, um, I'd love to hear what that is. Um, In terms of University Challenge Claxon players and winners, we had three winners, well, I I thought we'd had two. in at Elaine Hutton and at Rachel Amarilla, but a quick VAR check showed us that uh, Madame Beach was also a winner that week, so well done to those people. In episode 12 of University Challenge, we had Warwick, whose captain was Rout, and Wolfson Oxford, whose captain was Knight. Um, Warwick won that round. Now, historically, I think Warwick are usually a pretty strong team, and they didn't disappoint this week, actually. They ended up with 255 points, which is the same score which um, St. Andrews had in episode 8. 
Um, so truth be told, that was that's a really solid score. So we, we're starting to see some really, really good, strong contenders for future episodes. Um, bear in mind that there are only 14 first-round matches. We've only got two more first-round matches to go until we'll see who are getting into the quarterfinals. There are a couple of extra matches from um, the strongest losers, but we'll have to wait and see who they are. Now, um, this particular week was guest hosted on the Claxon by Louise Pennington. And I've got to say a massive, massive thank you to her for looking after the game for me on the Monday night. Um, I wasn't able to look after what was going on over on Twitter. It takes quite a lot um, trolling through all the answers that people submit. Um, and that particular week, I was very, very busy with work and had a few other things I needed to do. So I didn't have time to sit through uh, Twitter. So she stepped up um and looked after the game really, really well. Um, if you don't follow Louise on Twitter already, her handle is at PDLouisep. Um, so please do go and give her a follow. Um, we actually had a really big number of winners as well. We ended up with, um, overall, I think, with seven winners. Um, so we had at Lisbo at Lilokas, who won last year as well. And um, we had my colleague in work, Stonham M1, who was also a winner from last year. Um, we had... Ironic Bonding, uh, Lissy Law, Huds, Sarah Canaan, or Canaan, I'm not sure, Sarah Canaan, Sarah Canaan, um, I think it depends on which part of the world you're from, but uh, she was um, officially our sixth winner, but I believe that Lisa Lewis Wrights was also a winner, because I think she put red as an answer, but I need to chase her up with that one. So it was a really big winner, in, in total I think we had seven winners, which pretty much matches our biggest ever set of winners, so well done to those people. Um, so after that game, after sending out badges that people claimed, I've actually only got 12 left from the 50 I started this year with. So I've sent 38 out already so far this series, which is already more than I sent out uh, last series, which just shows how um, how strong the game is getting and how popular it's becoming with people showing up uh on successive weeks and week after week um so i've also got to say a big thank you to people for sticking with it and keeping with the game um it does make monday evenings quite amusing it's something to look forward to on a monday especially as these days are starting to get darker and more dreary um yeah we, we've definitely gone into autumn which is fine i don't mind autumn i like putting on a jumper um i think lots of people um are a bit like me who don't necessarily like lots and lots of hot weather but saying that, the warm weather was nice. And trying to, I've, I've mentioned my rabbits many, many times in the past. Trying to clean out rabbits in the pouring rain is really, really quite a difficult thing to do. Now, I don't have a guest this week. So the weeks where I don't have a guest, I like to do another episode of Did You Know? Now, the context for this episode is the um the idea of lots and lots of things have been cancelled due to the current pandemic the covid-19 pandemic so um i titled this episode robust cancellation policy there have been lots of really positive things coming out of things being uh, cancelled um i i've over the past couple of years i've taken up a lot of running and i really like to enter events to have something to to look forward to um unfortunately sports events are things where you get lots and lots of people packed into small spaces so lots of these events well most of these events have been cancelled but some of them have been turned into virtual events which has been really nice it's been so you can go out on your own and track what it is you've done and still get some sort of sense of achievement and reward for what it is you've done. Um, so, 
this year, the London Marathon was cancelled. Um, I think it's actually been cancelled twice, because originally when it was cancelled back in April, it was rescheduled for October, and then I think they cancelled it. And then this weekend, they have operated the virtual London Marathon, so people could still take part, and I believe they can still claim a, um, a medal and things like that. So it's been a really positive thing. So this episode of Did You Know is all about marathon and marathons. So some of this stuff you've probably already heard before, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. Um, let's start at number one, and it is the history of the marathon. I'm sure you've all heard the story of the soldier that ran from the Battle of Marathon all the way back to Athens. So this supposedly took place in around about 490 BC, and it was the famous Greek victory over the Persians. Um, those of you who have ever watched uh, the film 300 will know how terrifying the Persians are. Um, so this is the famous Greek victory over the Persians, um, and the soldier Phaedipides, which is a fantastic name to say, Phaedipides, uh, ran from, all the way from Marathon, where the battle took place, back to Athens, which is around about 40 kilometers, so about 25 miles. He shouted, rejoice, we are victorious, and then historically collapsed and died, um, uh, this the, it actually reminded me of something someone shared over on another channel of social media of mine, um, which was something over on YouTube called Classical Shreds, and I can't urge you to go and look at that enough. It is hilarious that uh, where someone has taken some classical perform classical music performances, but completely re-recorded them with his own voices and old performances, and it, it is absolutely br brilliant. Look out for the Zadok the Priest one if you're looking for the word rejoice. Um, so, yeah, originally, um, the distance between, Mar I say originally, the distance between Marathon and Athens is still probably the same distance, um, but it, the original Marathon distance was was actually around about 25 miles, not 26.2, which we know today. Um, however, this changed in the London Olympics of 1908. They added a mile on, so they were intending it to be a 26-mile race, However, apparently Queen Alexandra requested the extra 0.2 miles to be added on so that the children could watch the end of the race from the nursery. Well, they, I'm not sure if it was the end of the race or whether they took a detour or not, but they added that 0.2 miles on and pretty much from that year onwards, the standard marathon distance was 26.2 miles. So there you are. Uh, my third fact is that, I'm sure you've heard these names before, but Eliud Kipchoge... Um, and Bridget Koske are the current world record holders, the male and female world record holders, both Kenyan. Um, Kipchoge's time of two hours, one minute, 39 seconds, which is an absolute ridiculous time. It takes me that much time just to get up on a morning. Um, and Koske's time of two hours, 14.04. Um, both relatively recent records. However, you may have seen recently that Elliot Kipchoge also currently holds the sub two hour record, which was on uh, within the last year or so. And he ran that in one hour, 59 and 40 seconds. But if you watch that, you would have seen that he had a huge team of pace setters and they, they all ran in a V formation in front of him. I think the idea behind that was to cut out any kind of wind resistance um uh, which he would might have come come up up against um, to try and make his run as easy as possible. So officially, that that time of one hour fifty nine forty doesn't actually stand as a world record. I think because of the amount of support he had from other people. 
Um, my fourth fact, um, I've always got to get something in to do with Wales. Um, the Man versus Horse Marathon takes place in Llanortid, um, which is mid-Wales somewhere, I think. <laughs> the Man versus Horse Marathon sounds like something from an 80s sci-fi movie. I'd love to watch that get made into a, into a film. Um, I just imagine people running across beaches, being chased by horses. Um, but apparently, for the first 24 years, it was run by a horse. Now, I don't know if the horses have got jockeys or not, or whether they just set them loose. They start in one point, and they set them loose and just see how long it takes them to travel the, the marathon distance. Um, but apparently, for the first 24 years, it was won by horses. However, Hugh Loeb was the first human victor. Um, and I, th I believe that Hugh was an, an elite marathon runner anyway. My fifth fact was that the astronaut, the British astronaut Tim Peake, actually ran a marathon in space. Um, he goes under the handle Astro Tim Peake. If you don't follow him on Twitter, please do so as well, because he's a, a really interesting person to follow, actually. Um, if you've ever seen him on TV or listened to him on radio, he's a really nice, down-to-earth guy. Please, ex please, please excuse the pun. <laughs> um, but yeah, he ran that in April 2016. Um... Marathons, supposedly my number six fact, marathons are run near both the North and South Poles. Um, I think the, the South Pole marathon is run around about November time and the North Pole one is run in, I think, April or May time, maybe when it's a bit warm, a little bit warmer, sorry. Um, apart from running in extreme weather, because I believe that you can get temperatures of around about minus 130 degrees, in the South Pole especially. Um, but, of course, running against extreme weather and polar bears in the North Pole just makes that a really extreme and awesome race to take part in. Uh, in at number seven, um, it, it would be remiss of me not to talk a little bit about the London Marathon again. Um, so, apparently, I heard, I learned even, I read, that more than 100 Guinness World Record attempts take place each year during the London Marathon. And these are things to do with really random things. I mean, you get the usual things, dressing up in fancy dress, but apparently there is a world record attempt for the fastest marathon carrying a household appliance. I mean, I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how far you would go with that. Is it someone carrying a fridge or someone carrying a kettle? I mean, that seems a bit unfair if you're competing against someone carrying a fridge. I don't know, is, are there categories? Is it like boxing? You have categories of household appliance. Do they base it on weight? The, 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 the heavyweighters carry fridges and washing machines and the lightweighters carry a fork. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Um, and other things such as the fastest marathon dressed as a plant. Um, again, other categories for that. I mean, you could have trailing plants, which would be really awkward. They get in the way. Or are you, are you dressed as a daisy or a sunflower? I don't know. Or a cactus to, to spike other competitors to get out of the way. I don't know. But uh, yeah, apparently there are lots and lots of world record attempts. So it's obviously worth looking out for that when we see it, maybe hopefully in the future. Um, in at number eight, my eighth fact, I really like this one, actually. I remember watching this one, although I didn't realize this is how long it had been. I might need to do a bit more research into this one. But Lloyd Scott, um, I don't know if you recognize the name, but he famously wore an antique diving suit during the 2002 London Marathon. I thought it was much more recent than that. Um, so I'm going to look that up again. Um, 2002 seems a long time ago considering how well it's stuck in my memory but apparently during the 2002 london marathon he wore an antique diving suit and it took five days eight hours 29 minutes and 46 seconds which is a world record for the slowest 
uh, marathon. I'm not sure if it's the slowest marathon, the slowest London marathon. Um, I believe I'm right in saying that marathon times are can never be officially world records because the courses are all so different. Um, because it's such a long distance, unless you ran it on a flat 400 meter track and just went round in circles for hours, um, I don't think world records uh, um, necessarily stand in the same way as other shorter distances but i might be totally wrong um please get in, t- in touch if you think i'm totally wrong and lying but i believe that there are certain categories where they don't officially hold things because but um yeah five days eight hours um it took him but apparently he broke this record <laughs> broke it by being slower i don't know um in the boston or new york marathon i think there was another one that he did over in the states um, and my final fact, number nine, because I don't deal in, you know, nice numbers. My ninth fact is in 2005, Paula Radcliffe famously ca- copied Gary Lineker. And that is all I'm going to say about that. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Enjoyably Futile podcast. Um, I always look up, I always enjoy looking up random facts and trying to keep things as topical as possible. I'm just going to spend a couple of seconds now talking about my predictions for the coming game. Um, as always, I'm going to stick with my composer of Shostakovich. Um, I know that Stravinsky has come up recently in the University Challenge, so I'm not going to go with Stravinsky for the time being. I'm going to stick with Shostakovich. Uh, my second effort is going to be 1908. Let's keep it topical. 1908 to do with the London Olympics. Um, my third guess is going to be Sanorted. Um, mostly because it's a really great thing to say. Um, and all, to be fair, I'd love to put man versus horse. Uh, maybe I can get an extra bonus in somewhere like some people manage to do and put a horse in there as well. Um, but my bonus option this week, my bonus guess, is going to be Fadeipides. Why not? I might as well bring Fadeipides in because he's the man who apparently started everything to do with Marathon. Thank you again for listening. As always, if you would like to take part in the podcast, if you'd like to be a guest and talk about University Challenge, or more importantly, have a go at the impossibly difficult question game, then please just get in contact over on Twitter. You can find me um, at Andy Keegan or at Enjoyably Futile. If you would like in the future to maybe sponsor an episode or if you'd like to plug something and share it with some listeners, then email me enjoyablyfutile at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Um, Hopefully I'll see you over on Twitter one Monday to take part in University Challenge Claxon. Otherwise, have an enjoyably futile evening. Take care and see you soon. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Enjoyably Futile podcast written and hosted by Andrew Keegan with a theme tune composed by Benjamin Dolan. (laughs) 